Hallelujah. 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 Praise God. It is good to be in the house of the Lord. It is good to come on a Sunday morning in March of 2023 and to worship our God, to declare to the world, to ourselves, to everyone that we know, that we know a living God and we serve that God. Hallelujah. Can anyone join me in saying hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Let us go right into prayer. Gracious and holy God, we thank you, Lord, for your presence. We thank you, Holy Spirit, for being in and amongst us today. Thank you for waking us up. Thank you for seeing us through, Lord Jesus. Thank you for providing transportation and, and ability to be a part of worship and service today, Lord. You always let us know, Lord, that wherever two or three are gathered, there you are, right there in the midst, Lord. And we welcome you, Lord. Thank you for being our God. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for caring for us, Lord Jesus. Thank you for your presence, your strength, your encouragement, Lord Jesus. We pray, Lord, that our worship would be pleasing to you, Lord. We submit ourselves humbly unto your throne, Lord, knowing that we are not good enough, Lord Jesus, and we want you, Lord. We desire you, Lord. We live, we live, we live to worship you. So, gracious God, we ask you to bless this service. Bless those that are joining us online today, Lord Jesus. Bless those that are joining us all across the world, all of our brothers and sisters in Christ that are worshiping you today, Lord. We pray that you would help all of us, Lord, be a source of encouragement, a source of light unto the world, Lord. So we just thank you, Lord, and we offer to you our praise. In the mighty and holy name of Jesus Christ, we pray. And all God's people said, amen and amen. Hallelujah, hallelujah. We welcome every single person to worship today. And we especially welcome you that are joining us online. Thank you for being here with us. Let us know you're here today. Go ahead and put a little chat in that inbox or send us a Facebook message and let us know you're present today. Saints, our service is just a slight bit different this morning. So if you're looking at the program, there is a special insert. There are some changes in our prayers, praise songs. But that doesn't change our ability to praise, amen. amen. We're changing the songs, but we still going to praise. Amen. And so we're going to be singing, Oh, Give Thanks today. And we're going to sing, Come on and Bless the Lord with me today. And so you'll see the words on your screen for those that don't have the program. But if you're able today, we would ask that you would rise, rise with our praise team and praise band so that we can give thanks to our God.
I was going from 146 and some to 150. And all of them say the first line, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. And I was afraid because it's been a long time since I've been upset like this to speak to someone because I don't have no teeth. My teeth, I have inserts for teeth, but during the uh, COVID, I didn't have anywhere to go. So now I got to go and what they're going to do for my mouth. And that takes money. So pray for me that it comes. Thank you. But I want to pray this morning for the body of Christ. Not just here in this church body, but for the world. Because our eyes are dim, our ears are dull, and our tongues talking about the Lord. We need to heighten our understanding of who God is and to speak out for God. Lift his name. Even if you go to eat food in a restaurant, praise the Lord. Say it loud. Because they're trying to stop believers from saying anything about our Savior. Lift him high. Lord, we come to you right now with our eyes closed, and we're listening with our ears. Thank you, Father God, for allowing us to see that we need to pray more because it keeps our mind open. It gives us power so we are have lack. We can study more, and the enemy doesn't want us to, to do that. So, Lord, Put your hand upon our head and touch our mind for the enemy is trying so forcefully to tear down 
the mind of man. If you see what's going on in this world today and how people are looking and how people are talking and how people are staying away from the body of, of which they grew up in the church, Lord, Satan think he, he got it going on. But Lord, you got it going on. In our spirits and in our hearts, you belong, we belong to you. So by grace we are saved. By grace we are saved, Lord. There's no other way for a human being to get to heaven except through Jesus Christ our Lord, the Messiah, the Anointed One, the Christ. Help us to know who he is, Heavenly Father. Open our minds today that when they, we leave here, that you will have something from this service today to lay on the hearts of each and every one in this room is that we will have something to do, find something to say. It's just only going down the street and saying, hello, dog, how are you today? So let our mouths be open in the name of Jesus and for his, his, his purpose here on earth. One more thing before I go. I read another scripture. It's in Second uh, Chronicle, uh, Second Second Corinthians twelve nine. My grace is sufficient for you. It's telling you my favor is sufficient for you. My goodness and my mercy and kindness is su sufficient for you. And that's for each one of us. He told that to Paul. That's each one of us. He's saying, my grace is sufficient for you. My strength and my power is made perfect in our weaknesses. We have someone who says, I got you. I got you. Don't let me go. Hold fast to me. For it is good.
She's leading us faithfully in our adult Sunday school, and she's led us faithfully in our prayer today. Saints, we are just joyful today. We have some special guests with us today, both as dancing and our singers in our special music today. So we want to welcome a group called the Vision of Angels with their director, Minister Sears Mitchell, and the other adults and chaperone parents that have brought them today. If we can give them a new life at Calvary, welcome as they come on forward. God. Good morning. My name is Minister Sears Mitchell, and I'm so glad to be here to worship with you this morning. Um, the group you see is the Vision of Angels Youth Foundation, and I want to apologize because only half of our group is here, but I was telling this young lady, even though half of the group is here, we still going to praise the Lord, all right? Amen. We have, we have been in existence for about 16 years now, and have done many things around the state of Ohio and different things. They do uh, halftime shows for the Cleveland Cavaliers and other colleges around the state. We have also won the Ohio Hip Hop uh, Ohio Hip Hop Dance Competition that took first place. But I was so excited when they received an Ohio Gospel Award for their praise dance. So we have done many things. I am I am, uh, I'm totally blind, and as you see, we're in the color purple, and I chose the color purple because right before I lost my sight, and because of my accident, my mother was standing at the foot of my bed, and she had such a beautiful purple jogging suit on as a young man. I was 16 years old and lost my sight, uh, but my mother had on this beautiful purple jogging suit, and she always told me that color meant royalty, royalty, so I chose the color purple, and I just want you guys to be blessed this morning by these young ladies. We have two songs um, that they're going to do for you. Um, but first of all, I want to point out one of our young ladies. Uh, Aubrey, can you raise your hand? Aubrey, is, uh, she's been with us for a while, and she has been the only child for 10 years. And Friday, her mother had a baby boy. And uh, yesterday at practice, she ran up to me. She was so excited to show me the picture of the baby. And one of the kids was like, you know Mr. Sears can't see? And she's like, Mr. Sears, he's beautiful anyway. So, <laughs> so these are my girls. And I'm going to be quiet. I'm going to let Miss Katrina and Miss Georgia praise dance instructors take over for me because they already told me I talk too much. But it is such a blessing to be here. And thank you so much, uh, Pastor Kelly. I have known Pastor Kelly for years. And Whitney, I knew Whitney when she was a little baby. So, and Terry and all those. So, I just thank you guys for allowing us to come back and to worship with you. And I hope you really be blessed by the two performances they're going to give to you this morning. I have to say, Sears has, um, he is an amazing, amazing teacher, youth leader. Uh, when we learned the news that Whitney was visually impaired, she was about three months old, and we went to the Cleveland Sight Center. And Sears was one of the first faces I saw 
he just his testimony, his his faith, his encouragement, he got us through you all. He got us through it. This man does everything. He would never ever believe he did not have this vision. And he just loves young people and he invests in their lives. So thank you for being here with us. And thank you, dancers and all the other leaders. Miss Katrina, Miss Georgia.
amazing. Praise your name, Lord. That was fantastic. Thank you so much, Vision of Angels. Thank you so much. Speak the name. Hallelujah. That was beautiful. Hallelujah. We pray that the enemy does not steal your gifts, your talents, your joy. That first song about joy, hallelujah, I love when they did their hands and brought it up to the sky. Oh, my goodness. Thank you so much, beautiful, beautiful dancers. Hallelujah. We're now going to be blessed with our scripture reading by Jessica Franklin. Good morning, everyone. It is indeed a beautiful morning. This morning I will be reading the Old Testament, Genesis 3, verses 21 through 23. The New Testament will be John 11, verses 1 through 8. The Lord God made garments of skin for Adam and his wife and clothed them. And the Lord God said, The man has now become like one of us, knowing good and evil. He must not be allowed to reach out his hand and take also from the tree of life and eat 
and live forever. So the Lord God banished him from the Garden of Eden to work the ground from which he had been taken. New Testament, John 11, verses 1 through 8. Now a man named Lazarus was sick. He was from Bethany, the village of Mary, and her sister Martha. This Mary, whose brother Lazarus now lay sick, was the same one who poured perfume on the Lord and wiped his feet with her hair. So the sisters sent word to Jesus, Lord, the one you love is sick. When he heard this, Jesus said, This sickness will not end in death. No, it is for God's glory that God's Son may be glorified through it. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard that Lazarus was sick, he stayed where he was two more days, and he said to his disciples, Let us go back to Judea. But Rabbi, they said, a short while ago, the Jews there tried to stone you, and yet you are going back? May the Lord add a blessing to the reading of his word. Amen. Thank you so much, Jessica. Can anyone tell me what time it is? It's offering time. And what do we say? Hallelujah. It is so good to be able to give back to God in the form of our tithes and offerings. Amen. Have you been blessed today? Have you been blessed this past week? Hallelujah. I know a lot of us were without power last night, and we were in the dark. Can anyone say amen with me that you were in the dark? I was in the dark. And uh, you just can appreciate the things that God has allowed to come to be so that we can enjoy the lives that we have. So if we're able, today is the fourth Sunday of March. You all, I just cannot believe how fast time is going. It is the fourth Sunday of March, and on the fourth Sunday, we give a special offering to support our two cents a meal. Our two cents a meal goes to support three different types of meals. A local meal, that means like here at the church, we provide hot meals for our community. We provide grocery bags once a month. And then it goes out a little bit further into the world where we support agencies like the Food Bank. And then we go even further and we support people internationally that need help with food. So if you're able today, we are asking that you will give to our two cents a meal. And that's two cents for each meal that you have eaten. Let us, as our ushers come forward, let us bow our heads in prayer. Gracious and holy God, we thank you, Lord, for being the great giver. Lord, we cannot outgive you, Lord. And we think of your word, Lord, which promises that if we are faithful to you, that if we give up our first fruit, Lord, to you, Lord, that we will in turn be blessed, Lord. So we thank you, Lord, for blessing us. We thank you, Lord, for blessing these tithes and offerings, Lord. We, we thank you, Lord, for our hearts and our minds coming together, Lord, to give our first and our best to you. So gracious God, we thank you, we honor you, and we glorify your name. In the mighty and holy name of Jesus Christ, we pray. And all God's people said, amen and amen. For those of you that are joining us online, we have several easy ways for you to participate in our offering today. You can go ahead to nlac.tv and establish your online website giving account. 
For those that like to use Cash App, go ahead, put the number sign in, the dollar, the, the number sign in, the number two, NLAC, and your offering comes right to us. For those that like to mail in your offering or drop it off, our, our address is 2020 East 79th Street, Cleveland, Ohio, 44103. That address again is 2020 East 79th Street, Cleveland, Ohio, 44103. Thank you again for participating in our offering. Saints, in honor of Women's History Month today, we have had our Visions of Angels dancers. We, and we will now be blessed with a Women's History Moment by uh, Amari Rouse and Jasmine Baines. And they're going to be introducing us to some civil rights women that changed the world. I bet you all have never heard of these two people that they're going to talk about today because I know I didn't hear about them. But without these two women, we would have lost the Civil War. The North would not have won, and most of us that look like me today would still be enslaved. <laughs> so we're going to be introduced to these two women by, again, Amari Rouse and Jasmine Bain. And following them, we're going to have some special music by Zania Connors, and she's going to sing, Yes, Jesus Loves Me. Two women spies that helped win the Civil War. Mary Elizabeth Bauer was a former slave operator as a spy for the Union while working on a household staff at the Confederate White House. Mary Elizabeth Bauer was born a slave somewhere around 1839 on a plantation owned by John Van Lew of Richmond. Details about her life are little known as Southern members inadvertently discarded her diaries in the 1950s. Upon the death of John Van Loo in either 1843 or 1851, his wife and daughter, Elizabeth Van Loo, freed the sl their slaves. An outspoken abolitionist, Elizabeth Van Loo, arranged for Mary Bowser to be educated in Philadelphia. As tensions increased between the North and South, Mary Bowser returned to work as a household servant for the Van Loo family. Prior to the war, Elizabeth Van Loo regularly sent reports to Union officials about activities in the South. Knowing that war was coming, she recommended Mary Bowser for a position in Jefferson Davis's household staff, but Mary proved to be a very successful spy for the Union. A house, the household members assumed she was a slave. Thus, Jefferson Davis and his cabinet members, as well as military leaders, spoke openly in front of her about troop strategies and movements. They also took for granted that she was illiterate, so and she was able to read war dispatches and other important papers gave in the South. Mary would then pass the information to Elizabeth, Elizabeth Van Loo or to other Union informers who would pass her information to military leaders, including General Ulysses S. Grant. Grant would later say of Mary Bowser and Elizabeth Van Loo's efforts, you have sent me the most valuable information received from Richmond during the war. Unfortunately, little is known about Mary Bowser's life and her work as a spy. After the Civil War ended, the U.S. government destroyed any record of her, Elizabeth Van Loo, and others for their protection. There is no record of what she did after the war, and the date and details of her death are also unknown.
Uh, and, and maybe sometimes you did it, and maybe sometimes you didn't do it, but we have all been accused. Sermon number four was called Punish for Me. And who did we learn about last week? Peter. What did Peter do? He denied Christ, right? And so Jesus took the punishment, right, that Peter should have received. Matter of fact, Jesus took the punishment that all of us should have received, right? And so today we're in part five, which is called A Lie for Me. And the the people we're going to invest in and talk about today are Mary, Martha, and Lazarus, right? So before we continue, let us take a moment to pray. Gracious and holy God, we thank you for the ability to worship you. We thank you for the time that we can dedicate to listening to you and hearing from you, Lord Jesus. Lord, we all confess we need a word from you today. We need a changing, a a shaking up, Lord, today. We want to feel your spirit and your power in our lives. So we ask you, Holy Spirit, to continue to stir in us, change our minds, change our hearts, give us exactly what we need. And we thank you and we honor you. In the mighty and holy name of Jesus Christ, we pray. And all God's people said, amen and amen. So the three people we're learning about today are Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. They are all brothers and sisters, two girls and a boy, right? How many of y'all got some brothers and sisters? All right. How many of y'all got more brothers and you might be the only girl? A couple of y'all. How many of y'all got all sisters and you might be the only boy? <laughs> Anybody equal? Equal boys and equal Okay, all right. Mr. Sears, you got equal? Okay. It's hard to grow up, isn't it? It's hard growing up with your brothers and sisters sometimes. We drive each other crazy, don't we? Oh, my God, nobody can drive you crazier than your brother and your sister, right? (laughs) So these three brothers and sisters, they have learned about Jesus together. Mary was the one who was at the feet of Jesus, putting the perfume on Jesus' feet. That's who Mary is in this story. So we don't know exactly how Martha and Lazarus got to know Jesus, but we can imagine that when that event happened, she must have went home and told her brothers and her brother and her sister all about Jesus. Anybody ever had that experience where your brother or your sister told you about Jesus? Anybody come to the Lord as a result of a sibling? Am I the only one? <laughs> My sister started going to church before I did. She was getting married, and she had to go to counseling, you guys. She had to go to premarital counseling. It was a requirement to go to premarital counseling. So this girl, and y'all know I'm a twin. You know, sometimes we struggle doing things by ourselves. She comes home saying, Kelly, you got to come with me to the church. I looked at her and said, why would I go? I'm not getting married. You getting married. (laughs) I don't need premarital counseling. You do. Oh, no, you got to come to this church. This church is so good. Again, I'm complaining. You need the counseling, not me. Then she, I said, but why are you going to church? Is your counseling on a Sunday? And she said, no, uh, we got we to participate in the worship. We're going to worship. I said, so you're going to premarital counseling and worship? Yes. Now you got to come with me. That girl drug me out the house kicking and screaming. 
But because of my sister, it forever changed my life. Forever changed my life. My whole trajectory changed. And so Mary and Martha and Lazarus were those siblings that often told each other, hey, this is something good. Let's all go and participate. Let's all, you know, go around and gather. And because of their faithfulness, they became early leaders, early followers of Jesus Christ. They were so into Jesus that they would invite Jesus to spend the night in their house when he came to Bethany. Now, how many of y'all house is ready for Jesus to come over today? <laughs> Your house is ready, Sharon? <laughs> Anybody got to clean up first? <laughs> Anybody know your refrigerator? You ain't got no food in the house. <laughs> you are not ready for Jesus to come over, right? But every time he would come to Bethany, he would stay at their house. He would live with them. He would be with them. And Martha, if y'all remember the story of Mary and Martha, Martha was the one busy. She wanted to clean and get the food ready, and she knew folks was coming. And Mary, again, she was sitting at the feet, just sitting at the feet. <laughs> Man, I can imagine being Martha. I'm like, girl, won't you get up? <laughs> You're making me look bad. <laughs> Well, in this family, we can think about, um, you know, right now, if we think about this family and think about our own family and our own situations, most of us, especially during COVID, we stopped inviting people to our homes. Has anybody started having people over again to the house yet? A few of us. Some of us are still not inviting people over. (laughs) It's time to welcome some people back, (laughs) y'all. So... The Mary and Martha and Lazarus, they would often make sure that Jesus had a comfortable place to stay. But at some point, Lazarus got sick. Here is where kind of COVID comes into mind. Lazarus got really, really sick. Some of us have struggled with COVID. Some of us have struggled with the flu. Some of us have struggled with all kinds of illnesses. And you know you have felt that feeling where you thought you were going to die. Anybody ever been so sick you thought you, this is it. The Lord about to take me out today because you was just that sick. Some of you have even been on life support. You were in the hospital and you really thought you were going to die. Well, Lazarus got so sick, his family could look at him and tell he was going to die. Let's look at our scripture from the book of John, chapter 11, verses. We're going to start with, um, we're in chapter 11, we're going to start with verse 1. Let's read this together. Now a man named Lazarus was sick. He was from Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. This Mary, whose brother Lazarus now lay sick, was the same one who poured perfume on the Lord and wiped his feet with her hair. So the sisters to Jesus, Lord, the one you love is sick. When he heard this, Jesus said, this sickness will not end in death. Let's stop right there. What's important here is Lazarus is sick. Lazarus is really, really ill. And many of us know somebody right now that's ill. Anybody know somebody that's right right now that's sick right now? 
We all know or have known someone that's really sick or going through a tough time with their health right now. And we pray for them, but seeing someone being sick is tough. How many of us know someone that's dealing with a kidney disease right now? Anybody know somebody's dealing with a kidney issue right now? How many of us know someone's dealing with diabetes? Diabetes. How about heart issues? Anybody dealing with someone with some heart issues, right? Anyone with like, um, what's that one, COPD, lung issues, where you're struggling to breathe, asthma, bronchitis, all those things. Anyone, what about mental issues? It's hard when someone has a mental illness, right? Or addiction. I'm so glad we're finally talking about addiction as the disease that it is. Because it is a disease. When we went through the crack epidemic, it was a moral issue, right? But finally, folks have figured it out. That it's an illness. It's a real illness. And Lazarus in our story was suffering with an illness that was out of control. And can you imagine back in the day, they didn't have a hospital to go to. They didn't have, you know, the local doctor to come and bring you some medication. They didn't have vaccines. They didn't have Tylenol. They didn't have, you know, the cold and flu medications that we take. Lazarus's only help was God. His only help was God. Illness back in the day was a part of life. Everyone that faced an illness at that time knew that if they got sick, they could die. There were no treatments. And so sometimes that boggles my mind when God has allowed humans to have the capacity for knowledge for treatments, and we deny those treatments. We look the other way. Like, what's wrong with you? You want to go back and live in biblical days before they had even Tylenol? Something's not right, right? So when they would face an illness, a physical illness, the likelihood of them dying was probably in the 90 percent or better. Feeling that sick and watching someone else suffer is also difficult. How many of you have been at the bedside of someone you love that was really sick? And you feel helpless, you feel hopeless, you're praying, Lord, please help my person to live. You see, we talked at the beginning of this sermon series, we talked about death, didn't we? When we entered into the Lenten season, we knew that this season was a reflection in a time period to talk about death. Who in here is going to skip death? Because we all want to know you and we want to be your friend. <laughs> You're going to skip death. Death is scary, isn't it? It is hard to talk about dying. It's hard to think about dying. It's scary. But guess what we got to do? We got to talk about it. We got to think about it. We got to understand it. Why? Because we all going to die. Every single one of us is going to die. So it's time to get over the fears. Tell your neighbor, get over your fears. We have to talk about death. We have to talk about what's going to happen so we can get over being afraid of dying. Is anybody in here, can you confess that you might be afraid of dying right now? All right. Some of us are afraid. Who's not afraid of dying? Can you tell me why you not? Why are you not afraid? 
we truly believe. You're going to be okay. She said if she, if she believes, if you truly believe in Jesus and they have accepted him into your heart, you're going to be okay. What were you going to say? So those of us in, that believe in Christ, somehow, some kind of way we are less afraid. But there are also those of us who believe in Christ, and we're still afraid. Anybody got that testimony? Can you share a little bit in the back? Help us to know why you might still be a little afraid, because I'm with you. I'm going to tell mine, but I want you to tell yours first. That's just the way you feel. That's just the way you feel. And sometimes we can't just get over those feelings, right? As much as I love Jesus, as much as I'm in love with the Lord, what scares me about death is we don't know how we're going to die. Right? We don't know if we're going to be walking and get hit by a bus. Boom. That's it. <laughs> we don't know if somebody might murder us walking on the street. Somebody just shoot you in the back. We don't know if you might have a debilitating illness like cancer and, and really have a hard time. How many imagine yourself, do you imagine that you're going to lay down peacefully, all your kids and grandkids going to be surrounding you at the bedside, they're going to be like, I love you, you're such a great person, and you're going to peacefully die? Who hopes that's their death? How many of y'all know most of the time that's not how it happens at all? <laughs> that is not how it happens at all. As much as we want to have those peaceful, calm, quiet deaths, that's usually not how it happens. Even for those who have the strongest faith, we can still have a lot of fear. Tell your neighbor, it's okay to be afraid. It's okay to be afraid. Why is it okay? Because we all know Jesus, and he will help us through our fears. So the question is, Lazarus was so Jesus was on the planet, y'all. Mary and Martha knew we got access to the healer. They knew he was there. So they called, they sent a message, go tell Jesus Lazarus is ill to the point of death. So they send the word to Jesus. And guess what Jesus is doing? Taking his time. <laughs> He's ministering to other people. He's teaching the gospel. He's sharing the word. And Jesus does not move. He receives the message, but he doesn't move. Anybody been praying real hard for Jesus to make a move in your life and nothing has changed? Your circumstances are still the same? Mary and Martha believed that Jesus could change the circumstances, but at that moment in time, nothing changed. This is for us. You see, Jesus is trying to teach us all something. Tell your neighbor, you got to learn this. You got to learn this. The messenger arrives and says, Lazarus is sick. You need to do something, Jesus. 
what does Jesus say? Let's read in this word because it's just so funny to me what he says here. Let's look at verse 4. When he heard this, Jesus said, this sickness will not end in death. No, it is for God's glory so that God's son may be glorified through it. So Jesus gave them what was going to happen, but Jesus continued to stay exactly where he was at. He continued to sit wherever he was at. He didn't get up. He didn't shout, Lazarus, you're healed. He didn't say that. He didn't, you know, put his hand around and say, you're healed in, in my name. He continued to do what he came to do. How many of you all would have looked at Jesus in that moment like, um, Jesus, did you hear me say that he was dying? And, <laughs> you know, you might have gave him a little nudge. Come on, you know, let's go. We got to go help a brother out. We would have looked at Jesus and maybe some of us would have gotten frustrated. Jesus, did you hear what I said? The brother is dying. Let's go. Because we at times get so frustrated with Jesus, like, Jesus, did you hear my prayer? Yes, he heard your prayer. Tell your neighbor, he heard your prayer. <laughs> Scripture goes on to tell us in verse 5, it says, Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. What kind of love is this? That's, how, that's what I would have been like. Jesus, you're just sitting there. You're not moving. You're supposed to be getting up and doing something. Have you ever felt like Jesus is not moving fast enough for your life? We have an urgency. Lazarus is going to die. Jesus, you need to get up and move. But again, Jesus continues to sit there. Let's look at verse 6. Jasmine, can you put verse 6 up? What does verse 6 say, you all? So when he heard that Lazarus was sick, he stayed where he was two more days. <laughs> Anybody would have got frustrated with Jesus. I know I'm getting a little frustrated with Jesus. If you've ever been in a hospital and your person, let's say it's your sister that's in the hospital bed. Your sister is sick and your sister needs some water. And you do what? You get the buzzer, right? You buzz for the nurse. The nurse said, can I help you? Yes. Can you bring some water into the room? If the nurse don't get there within five minutes, how many of y'all up looking out the door? Like, did you hear me? We need some water over here. If the nurse needs medicine to bring medication, anybody ever been a patient, you waiting for the nurse to bring you medication, you steady pushing the button, pushing the button, and they're not coming? Jesus waited two more days, y'all. Two more days. And then finally it says, let's read, let's continue to read uh, in verse 6 here. It says, uh, I'm, is it, where are we at? So when he heard that Jesus Lazarus was sick, he stayed where he was two more days. And then he said to his disciples, let us go back to Judea. So finally he gets up and he's ready to go. He's finally moving. But then guess what the disciples say? Look at the disciples in verse 8. But Rabbi, they said, a short while ago the Jews tried to stone you, and yet you are going back? 
Jesus is finally moving, finally ready to answer the prayer. And the disciples say, but wait, wait, ain't that where they were trying to stone us? We don't want to go back to that area. Blockers. Do you all know what a blocker is? Somebody that gets in your way. <laughs> they were blocking what was about to happen here. So Jesus is finally on the way, and the disciples get up and get in the way. That's, again, like if we go back to our hospital um, analogy here, you got the, the doc, you're, in the, you're waiting with your patient. The nurse finally comes, but then you're waiting for who? The doctor. Now the doctor got to get there. And somebody comes along the way and stops the doctor and says, um, I need your help in another room. Talking about a blocker. <laughs> so here it is. Mary and Martha, they are sitting beside the bedside, and Lazarus dies. He just dies. We would have been devastated if we had been sitting at that bedside. We would have been just absolutely sad and sorrowful if our brother had died. And Mary and Martha are sitting there, and they know that if Jesus had just arrived in time, Lazarus would still be alive. If one thing had changed, a lot of times when someone dies, we think if one thing could have been different, my loved one would still be here. If one thing had changed, if, you know, we had got them to the doctor on time, that would have changed. If, if, you know, maybe they hadn't gotten that car, they wouldn't have gotten an accident, that would have changed the situation. Or, or maybe if they had, a, you know, not just, you know, used that drug or put that needle in their arm. Or maybe if I had just woke up or done one thing differently, the situation would have changed and the person would not have died. All of us, none of us in this room are capable of changing the circumstances of our lives. Every single one of us have a date and a time. And it doesn't matter how much I try to intervene or you might try to intervene. When a person's time is up, their time is up. But we want to believe that some kind of way we have some power to change something. We don't have no power. To your other neighbor, you don't have no power. We do not have the power over life and death. So Mary and Martha are sitting there. Their brother has died. And I want all of us to know that as much as we want to live and we want our loved ones to live, we are in a world consumed by death. Satan has dominion in this world, and so we are surrounded by death all day long. Someone is dying right now. Right now. I think about that often. I think right now, someone in the world is dying right now. Someone is in the hospital, and if they're not dying right now, they will die later on tonight. They will die tomorrow. They will die someday this week. We will lose thousands of people to death. And we're all praying it doesn't happen to us or to somebody we know, but every single day 
someone will die. Life is temporary, and we were never meant to live forever. Not in this way, not in this earth. How do we know that? If we think way back to our Old Testament scripture, we have Adam and Eve. Adam and Eve were in the garden. God gave them two rules. They could not do what? Eat of the tree of life and the tree of knowledge, right? They couldn't eat it. What did Eve do? She ate. Which tree did she eat from? She ate from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. I often think, girl, you had a choice. You wanted to know something instead of live long. Why didn't she choose the tree of life? If she was going to be disobedient to God, at least choose the tree that was going to help her live long. She chose the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And when she chose the tree, the apple or the fruit from the tree of knowledge of good and evil, God said, and this is where the Trinity comes into play, because he says, let us, let us, they got to go out of this garden before they eat of the tree of life, then they will live forever. Y'all got to go back and look at that scripture. It's so deep. Eve chose to eat from the tree of knowledge of good and evil when the tree of life was right in front of her. How does that relate to us? We want to know stuff. We want to know stuff. And the Lord is saying, I'm trying to give you life that you would have it abundantly. And we keep trying to figure things out. No, I would rather look in a book. Don't look in a book unless it's the Bible. He's trying to give us life. None of us were ever meant to live forever. Death is a part of the human experience. Amen. Every single one of us, again, we will die, right? We will all experience death in some sort of way. So when we're struggling with understanding death, when we're struggling to understand that everyone will die, it's kind of like our heads and our hearts don't match in a way. And when our heads and our hearts don't match and we don't understand something, that's when faith comes to play. Faith. Where is your faith at today? Faith is when things don't make sense, when you can't figure things out, when you don't understand anything, and you have to trust and believe in a God that you cannot see, that you cannot hear, and have a belief that he is going to provide for you. Faith. Say faith. My friends, if we look, go back to that story of Lazarus. We all know Jesus could have spoken a word from where he was at, and Lazarus would have been healed. How do we know that? Because if we remember that story from the book of John, it was a royal official. He said, my child is about to die. He goes to Jesus and says, sir, come down before my child dies. And Jesus tells him, go. Your son will live. The man took Jesus at his word and departed his faith. He didn't say, you need to come with me, Jesus. Hold my hand, Jesus. The man got up and walked away, trusting that Jesus was going to heal his child. And as the man was walking home, a person came to him and said, your son has been healed. So guess what? Mary and Martha knew that all Jesus had to do was speak a word, and his son, their brother would have been healed. 
Ask the faith. Speak a word, Jesus, and I will be healed. Remember the woman that just, all I got to do is touch the, the hem of your cloth and I will be healed, Jesus. But see, sometimes we got some learning to do. Tell your neighbor, we got some learning to do. Jesus was trying to show us a point in allowing Lazarus to die. Lazarus had to die. He had to die. And some of us can mistake. You see, when I was telling y'all, I would have been mad at Jesus because he was sitting there for two days teaching his class, enjoying the disciples, and it didn't appear he was moving. He looked like he was being inactive. Stay inactive. He looked like he was being inactive. But sometimes we can mistake the the inactivity as being unloved. If Jesus don't bless me the way I want to be blessed, he must not love me. If Jesus don't bless me the way I want to be blessed, he must not be real. All of that's wrong. Tell your neighbor, that's all wrong. Everything that Jesus does has a point and a purpose in our lives. Every single thing is for us for us to glorify God. Say glorify God. How do we glorify God even in the bad parts of our lives? Even when the situation doesn't look good, it's to glorify God. And see, that's the point Jesus was trying to make this whole story. He said, Lazarus is not going to die. I'm trying to teach you all something. It's about the glory of God. So Jesus goes back. And he sees Mary and Martha, and they are so sad. They have already moved forward. They don't wrap Lazarus in the death cloth. They don't put him in the tomb. They don't sealed up the tomb and everything. It looks hopeless, doesn't it? And what did Jesus say? All he does is says his name, Lazarus. Lazarus! Lazarus! I mean, can you imagine... Mary and Martha are sad, and they're telling them, if you had only been here, our brother would be alive, and everybody's just grieving so hard, and, and Jesus walks up because he knows he has a bigger plan in mind. Jesus always has a bigger plan than our plan. Our ways are not his ways. Our thoughts are not his thoughts. He always has bigger in mind for us, you all. He's trying to reveal something to them. Lazarus had to die. And when he brought Lazarus back to life, Lazarus became alive through Jesus. He was trying to prepare them for something special here. I am the victor over death, is what Jesus was saying. Watch him die and watch him rise again, but wait a second, because you're going to also watch me die. And in three days, three days, you're going to watch me come back to life. You see, we think we are alive for ourselves. Tell you never, you're not alive for yourself. We are alive for Jesus. When we get healed, that healing is Jesus. When, when we have a victorious moment, that victory is Jesus. When we do well in school or at work, that's all about Jesus. And when we die... When we die, because we all going to die. When we die, saints, and then we open our eyes and we standing at the pearly gates, guess what we're going to be shouting? Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. We're going to be so happy. We are going to be so happy 
when Jesus raised him from the dead. And that became the last straw. Say last straw. And I'm going to give y'all this final piece of this puzzle because next week is Palm Sunday. And Jesus is going to ride in on that donkey. And by the end of the week, he's going to be crucified. What happened before that, what was the last straw for the Sanhedrin saints, was when Jesus rose Lazarus from the dead. That became the key moment that they put in mind, we got to kill Jesus. We got to take him out. We cannot allow this man going around healing folks and raising people from the dead. Think about our world. How many people try to suffocate the word of God and keep us from knowing the word of Jesus? So next Sunday, saints, we're going to witness that plan. Those religious leaders are going to put that plan into action, and Jesus is going to ride in like a king, and then he will die on Good Friday. And then we're going to really talk about the greatest comeback. Because they thought Jesus was down and out, but he wasn't down and out, was he? It was the greatest comeback we will ever see. Saints, let's all rise as I pray. Because our next song is Somebody Prayed for Me and took a little time to pray for me. And we're so glad they prayed. And we're just going to pray right now in the name of Jesus. Because I know some of us have some prayers that... We just keep wondering, Lord, when are you going to answer my prayer? When are you going to grant me my healing? When are you going to change my family? Gracious and holy God, we come to you, Lord, just like Mary and Martha. We may have some heavy hearts, some sad hearts, some, some questioning hearts, Lord, but we bring our prayer to you, Lord, because we know you hear our prayer. And we pray, Holy Spirit, right now in your name, Jesus, that you would be with us, Lord that you would heal those among us that need to be healed, that you would change lives that need to be changed, that you would restore the things that need to be restored in our personal lives and in our family. Lord, we thank you, Lord, that you chose us. And we are praying, Lord, for those that don't know you yet, Lord, those that haven't surrendered their hearts and lives to you yet, Lord Jesus. May we be a, a partnership with them, Lord. May we help them along their way to know you. And we thank you and we honor you. In the mighty and holy name of Jesus Christ, we pray. And all God's people said, amen and amen. Somebody prayed for me today, y'all. Took a little time and prayed for me. If you would like us to pray with you, the lay pastors and myself will come around with you right now to pray. Oh, my God.
Praise God. Praise God. And uh, Reginald is referring to his family had one funeral on Thursday, then they had a second funeral on Saturday. So thank you all for your support. Jasmine had a, a little mini vacation in Washington, D.C., you all. And she got to meet Felicia Rashad. Hallelujah. Yes. She, Felicia Rashad Allen. Let me get the name right. Felicia Rashad Allen. Go ahead, Jasmine. Are they selling Oh, <laughs> 